0: And then Pat C, and then Maggie G.
1: Hi, my name's David. I'm definitely a member of Conan. Um, i also uh, I happen to be a drug addict and alcoholic in recovery also. Um, let's see. Uh, Uh, where to start? Um, I came into recovery probably about seven years ago. Um, I bounced in and out of the rooms for years, and uh, um, I've had, you know, alcoholic parents, and um, pretty much every relationship I ever had was somebody else who was uh, an addict alcoholic um, or both. Um, and uh, my my recovery, you know, was was swinging right along i'm working my program um i get into a relationship and uh and for a while i I avoided relationships you know because when i came around this time i was just i was beaten bad enough i was scared to death enough that uh um i really needed to focus on myself and 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 do a lot of work and i'm grateful i did um god saw fit to keep me single long enough to to build enough foundation because uh You know, if, uh, if you want to test your recovery, get into a relationship. Um, so, um, so I meet this girl, you know, and, um, and being the, um, the good addict alcoholic that I am, you know, i I pretty much started dating one of the sickest persons in the room at the time. Um, you know, she was good looking and young and attractive and, um, and that's all I needed to start, you know? So, uh there's, uh, you know, we didn't really start as, as, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend or anything like that. We just hung out and next thing you know, we're, it just kind of turned into more than that. Um, and, uh, you know, she at the time was, uh, kind of bouncing in and out of the program. And, you know, my big thing was that, you know, I'm not going to get involved with somebody who's not clean and sober. Um, you know, so, um, I, I still entertained the relationship way longer than I should have at the time, you know, and, um, there was something about her that I, I just, you know, uh, I, I really liked her, um, uh, on, on every other level we got along so well. Um, but just the fact that, you know, she kept using and, um, you know, and, and I just kept having to pull back. Um, and, uh, you know, I realized that wasn't the, uh, the healthiest of choices in my life, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. And, um, you know, just because I came into the program doesn't mean I started making great decisions all the time. Um, so, uh, so you know, short-term sobriety kind of turned into longer-term sobriety, and, um, and you know, the r- relationship just kind of kept moving along, and, you know, although we had our speed bumps and whatnot, um, it was nothing that I, I could absolutely... Um, say was was the end all. You know, we'd have our problems, but then again, you know, I knew I was just as hard to deal with as, as, you know, her problems. So, um, you know, who who was I to judge for sure? Um, But what ended up happening was um, in in this relationship, um, Hope had gotten pregnant by me and, uh, or I'm sorry, I shouldn't say her name, but... Uh, my girlfriend had gotten pregnant by me, and um, she'll be here shortly, so it's no big secret, that's for sure. Um, and uh, what ended up happening was uh, um, I started getting uh, a little bit scared and um, started freaking out. Like, at first, uh, uh, at first, the accusations were, who was she with? Because, you know, I was 38 years old. I'd never had a kid before, and it's not for lack of trying, you know, so... Uh, I thought maybe that, um, you know, there was some infidelity there and, you know, just all kinds of, uh, problems erupted from there. But, um, what, uh, what ended up happening was that, uh, you know, she kept using and I kept trying to control what she was doing. I kept trying to fix her, you know? Um, I kept trying to, um, show her how to recover, you know, and, um, and not realizing that. Um all I was doing was just you know trying to manipulate and control and um you know at some points even um abusive, you know I mean i the fact that she got pregnant um with my child and thought I thought that gave me permission to to have a say in her life, you know and um and and I completely um, I missed all of the what I learned in 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 my recovery and just started trying to, um, force her to, to be the person I wanted her to be, you know, and, um, I got all kinds of, uh, codependent on her and, um, you know, just manipulation and control. I mean, everything I did was just trying to, um, to fix her. And, and it was, uh, it got to the point where, uh, you know, she'd go into treatment centers and leave and, and do things and, Um, and keep getting high and, and, and I would lose my mind. You know, um, I just, uh, I absolutely lost my mind and and I got to a point where, um, I, I literally, I, I I just contemplated the, the insanity of, uh, um, you're probably gonna want to take Haley out on. Haley, go outside with mom, please. Please, love you. Certain things you can't say in front of a six-year-old. Um, like I wanted to kill her mommy. Um, I, I literally got to the point where, like, I contemplated killing her. You know, um, she was pregnant with my child, and I was freaking. I mean, I was livid. Um, and I tried everything, you know, I I tried bribing, I tried offering her everything in the world. I I mean, um, I I tried to change me, you know, and, and nothing I did seemed to work. And, uh, and I just couldn't figure out why it's like, I knew all the answers, you know, I was so smart. I knew, I knew recovery. I knew what she needed. Um, but sure. she, She wouldn't listen. Um, so, uh, what ended up happening was, I mean, I was I was at wit's end. I, I mean, literally, I, I was at the point of just absolutely just going back to prison for the rest of my life just to 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 get out of it because I was just so crazy in my head, and um, and I knew about the programs of Al-Anons and Conons, and um, and I never really thought it applied to me, um, and I'm still trying to think. I don't remember. I just knew that there was the Kohanan meeting next to my uh, Thursday night men's group, and uh, and I'd always said that I should go over there or whatever because, you know, I had another buddy of mine who was kind of dealing with uh, similar issues uh, in his relationship, and um, so uh, so one day I just, you know, out of out of sheer desperation, um, I walked into the Thursday night off the roller coaster Kohanan meeting, and um, and I'll I'll never forget it. You know, um, it, it's like the light bulb went off the moment I sat down. Um, uh, a girl opened the the topic that day, and and the topic was it's none of your business, and um, and that's like the biggest joke for us now, because like that's that's my thing with hope all the time. I I'm just it's none of my business. You know, whatever's going on, or you know, we start getting into a, something where I feel that I should be getting something different than what I'm getting or something like that. And I have to remind myself, it's none of my business. You know, what, what she does is none of my business. And, um, and that was, that was exactly what I needed at that moment because I was, I was so caught up in her business that I had, I had neglected myself. You know, I had gotten to the point where like my head was just a mess you know, and I had I had lost my contact with my higher power. I wasn't praying. You know, the only time I talked to God, I was just like, "Let her get hit by a freaking bus, please." You know, and and I mean, you know, when when you're when you're wishing that that your loved one is pregnant with your child and she get hit by a bus, I mean, you're pretty freaking screwed up in the head. Um, but uh, but I came into on and and from from the very first meeting, I mean, everything just. Got it. My my basis in the program gave me a lot of understanding that over time and over my own um, self will um, I had separated from. So um, I was really grateful. Excuse me. That when I got into the rooms, I started hearing things that just I've completely known and, and worked before in my program, and and they just like clicked. You know, so um, in, in a very, well, I shouldn't say in a very short time, the the first few weeks were pretty rough. You know, I pretty much shared that, you know, I was a wreck. I, I didn't know what to do. I was bawling. Um, and I'm not much of a crier. Um, I, I don't think Hope's seen me cry maybe twice, you know, and, and I've cried a few times in the freaking room. So, uh, but, uh, you know, there was warmth. There was understanding. um And there was that recognition, you know, that um, these other people that started sharing their stories. And and at first it was kind of twofold for me because I'm I'm an addict alcoholic. And as some of them were sharing their stories about their addict alcoholic, you know, I feel like they're talking about me. I'm like, you know, and I felt bad. And, um, you know, and, and then at other times, you know, I'm relating to the fact that my addict and alcoholic, you know, my addict, was doing these same things and i could understand the the desperation and the fear and the um the loneliness and the pain you know all those things that um that i didn't want to register you know that i didn't want to own up to you know i just wanted to own up to the fact that you know i knew what was right and i knew how to fix her and she just didn't want to get fixed but uh what really came down to was that you know i was trying to manipulate and control somebody other than myself you know and um And I had to get back to step one, you know, and, uh, at several years clean and sober, that was a difficult, um, journey. But once I got there, um, my, my eyes opened up, my, my heart opened up. Um, I was able to, to reestablish a contact with my higher power and just start praying for, uh, for the willingness and the understanding and the compassion, you know, that, uh, that I was shown when I was still out there, you know, and that. Um, and I got that all from the, the rooms of Kohanan because, um, you know, when I got here, I certainly wasn't compassionate. I wasn't, um, I didn't really care one bit. Well, it's not that I didn't care. Um, I wished every bit of harm would cause be caused to her because of what I was going through, you know. So um, I was able to step back and, and separate by uh, by getting into the program of Kohanan and then um, getting into the workshop where we work some steps, and um, and getting into the steps are, are are really where I really started to see things more clearly and how um, and how different it is. You know, as an addict, I worked my steps through recovery, but um, through Kohanan, you know, it, it's such a different experience. You know, I, I love how uh, I've heard that in Kohanan, You know, it's basically your emotional sobriety. You know, for those of us who are double winners, as they call it. Um, you know, this is where you really get the emotional sobriety and the relational sobriety, because, you know, I had, I had no clue how to have a relationship with anybody, you know, and, uh, and since Cohen on, I've been able to work on those things and, you know, my relationships have definitely richened and, um, you know, I'm much better at, um, at, um, of having compassion and seeing that, you know, this person is exactly where they're supposed to be not where I want them to be. And, um, you know, and that's been a, that's a huge journey for me because, you know, I'm a control freak. You know, even in recovery, I, I, I still feel like I, I, I'm in control of stuff, and I'm not. You know, uh, I, I always say it's not Dave's Anonymous, it's Co-Anonymous. You know, same thing in in recovery. You know, it's not Dave's Anonymous, it's it's Cocaine Anonymous. Um, you know, since since I've been here, I've done so much growing and. and I'll tell you what, it's, it's, <coughs> it saved my life. It certainly, you know, saved my soul, you know, cause I, I just got into that point where, you know, it was like, I, it was like I was using again, but I was completely clean and sober. I was so insane. And I couldn't imagine, like, I, I couldn't even see how insane my life was, you know? And, and it's funny cause I come to Koanon and, and, and sure, sure enough, everything that, that I'm going through in my relationships and stuff. When I I come to a Koanon meeting, whatever that that moment that I'm going through. Like I had this thing where uh, I'll share this and, and then I'm pretty much going to be done. But um, it was really funny because like I have this thing with trust, okay, and and I was still feeling like I had to prove that this person is being honest to me and stuff like that. So I'm thinking to myself, and I've got this whole grand idea that you know I think we're going to do a uh, a little uh, um, uh, a session with a lie detector test, you know now keep in mind this this is a few months in now okay this is this is somewhat in recovery now, but like I was thinking that you know maybe we 'll just we 'll do it so that both of us can just ask whatever questions and get it through it, and you know completely rational thought you know so uh, and it 's funny because I showed up at a meeting and, and somebody else had shared that like. Their, their significant other wanted them to do a lie detector test. And, and, like, my ears perk up. I'm like, oh, cool, the answer, you know? And sure as shit, and she's this person's like, you know, F no, I'm not going to do that, you know? That's completely, I mean, you know, I, I don't need to prove myself to you, blah, 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 that whole thing, you know? And just the the insanity of, of how crazy my thinking can get, you know, even in recovery, even, even working steps and, and you know, there's, there's, there's an old saying that your mind is out to get you. Some days I wake up and it's literally like my brain is trying to kill me, you know, and I have to, you know, thank God I have a higher power that I usually get in contact with, uh, not every morning, but you know, I, I read 86 through 88 in the big book every morning now to try and, you know, recenter my day because some days I just wake up and I'm, I'm off you know and that can ruin a whole day and i can ruin somebody else's whole day you know and um, but but thank god that i'm not codependent today as much you know <laughs> i'm not as controlling you know i'm al- i'm allowing her to live her life and and i'm trying to focus more on mine and where i need to be you know and and it's amazing because you know the the ending of the story turns out that, uh, you know, Cohen taught me that it was none of my business, you know, and when, when she walked out of another treatment center, I said, no, you're not coming home. You know, I was able to stand up for myself for the first time and not fall to the, you know, the, the manipulation and control from the other side. And it was the best thing that ever happened. Cause she, she tells a story about pushing her grocery cart pregnant in 120 degree weather with nowhere to go, you know, and it, and it made her make a decision where, you know, she's going to celebrate a year this, uh, the 15th of this month mm. and my life couldn't be better you know I, i'm so, a year ago today I, I would have told you that i was on my way back to prison you know that i was going to do something absolutely insane and just go back to prison and, and say eff it because i just i was at that point of desperation you know but thank god to koan on and you know the people in Kohenan and the love and the support you know and and you know it just absolutely saved my life without a shadow of a doubt. Everything I have today, you know, I, I owe to on because I would have given it all up had I not walked in that door that one day, you know. So uh, I love these people so much, and I, I, they're my family, you know. They are my new family. So uh, I'm real grateful to be here. I'm honored to be able to, to share my experience and, and what I've gone through. And, um, God, I'm always feeling a little bit emotional. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't need that. But anyway, so uh, you know, if if you're new, welcome. If uh, if you haven't had the experience of uh, of Cohenon and you have an addict or alcoholic anywhere in your life, please, you know, stick around, talk to us, you know, get in get into the program and, and check us out. Because I'll tell you what, it, it's a great way to live for sure. So uh, thanks, and that's, with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks,
2: David.
0: Hi, I'm Pat. Hey, Pat. And I'm the part of the panel that's representing the parent. David was the addict. About a year ago, um, Memorial Day is when I found my way into Kohenan. I had gone to a couple of Al-Anon meetings, and it, it was, to me, they were just not, they were friendly, but it just was too plastic, and it—and I'd listened to the stories, and, you know, I just wasn't relating, and I bought the book, and whatever, but, <laughs> and left it out, which uh, is something that I learned, that you leave your literature out and hope that somebody that uh, you feel in your family should be reading it might pick it up, you know. So um, you yeah, know, I've got books on every table. You know, but, um, I came to um, um at a point where I was exhausted, uh, both emotionally and physically, and I really didn't know what was going on with. And so, you know, I was thinking, well, Coenon, I'm going to go there and I'm going to find out uh, what more. I can do um, you know to help my kids, well, one is sober almost um eight years this this month and very proud of her and my son, my baby i shouldn't say baby my um twenty eight year old um, who who am I to judge or label an addict or an alcoholic, but certainly one that likes to drink and get rid of his pain. Um, and, and, and I think that that was probably um, what got me really down because it's it's a very difficult role to be the parent and then to try to be the person that's going to um, do whatever is needed to allow that person to just make his or her mistakes or, you know, whatever. And it's very difficult. And, you know, about ten years ago the sexy word came out, you know, was code, you were codependent, you know, because if you loved your kids and you did too much, and you know, you were codependent. And, you know, it's not like you ever, ever, ever stop loving your children, nor if you have three, four, whatever I have, um, I have to keep counting. Uh, You love them all the same. My mother used to say, you know, I love you all the same. You just have different needs. And so I came to Cohen on thinking, okay, I'm going to find out um, what it is I need to do to, you know, help my son who thinks this is all a cult. You know, it's all a cult. And uh, great literature, but, you know, no scientific basis and, you know, all this. But when I got there, I got the shock of my life because everybody was talking about how this was for me. And, and I think when you are so wrapped up in, in controlling, uh, cause I'm great at that manipulating. And like I shared with my group last week, I I'm almost like a puppeteer. It's like we would all come and sit down for dinner and we had to make, you know, I'd say, okay, now, and I would just say these stupid things. Like I'd say to my daughter, you know, Patrick really is proud of you or something like that. And then she'd get up to go to the bathroom and I'd say, Patrick, you know, when's the last time, you know, you did this with your... I mean, it was just like boom, bang, boom, bang. And, you know, when they would leave at night and I used to think it's, you know, cleaning up that got me tired, but my husband does that. So that was not an excuse. And I'm thinking, why am I so exhausted? And why am I not happy? You know, because what I was allowing was my own spirit to be, you know, crushed, you know. And I almost stopped living because I was living, like, for everybody else. And it, and my whole purpose was, um, you know, to make you feel better and to give you this. And, you know, so I got into on, and I thought, oh, my God, this is about me. And, you know, they it, you start feeling getting into yourself you know and then i started my steps and oh my god you know writing down all those things that that first step and then going outside and burning it and and having a a freedom that i i don't know as i ever had because you know you go back to your all your relationships you know your childhood and um, you know, I'd always say, My parents loved me, yes they did. They were always there. Yes they were. You know, but I but I shared a childhood with um not an alcoholic brother, but um a handicapped brother that, you know, never walked a day in his life. And and so, you know, from then, you know, I was seeking to, you know, get the approval of my parents. And, you know, I wanted to be loved and I had to have the attention. And it's probably why I acted out the way I did and was a little wild of a child, I guess you might say. But, um, you know, looking for love in the wrong places and, um, so I came to Conan and, and going through the steps, which, you know, was not easy and, and finding out, you know what, you have played a part in all this. And, you know, I know you've heard it over and over again. You know, we can't control it. We can't cure it. We didn't cause it. And for years I had um, a lot of guilt that, you know, what was it that I didn't do right, you know. And, you know, then you come to realize that alcohol addiction, it, it's a family disease. And, you know, it's come down the pike maybe, you know. So then, you know, I, was, I I'd take my own. I, like I listed everybody I could remember from great grandparents down. Was he an alcoholic? Oh yeah. When he went to the party, <laughs> they had to drive him home. But that was once a year, you know. And then my dad only drank beer on the weekends, and you know, so I'm, you know, you try to make everybody an addict even though they're not. And uh, but we have addictive personalities, you know. Uh, and I'm addicted to a lot of other, <coughs> uh, a lot of other things. Um, so where I'm going with this is I get into Cohen on and. And everybody was so loving and so accepting and so happy that I was there, and you know, and it, it got to be that you know, in my own house and my own family, I wasn't happy because I was so busy into everybody else's business um, that I had no business. And it, it's a very lonely feeling. You, you can be in a room with ten people and and feel very alone and very unhappy. You know unloved, whatever, you know. Um, so at Co-Anon, um I got the tools. I'm still working on them. It's not easy. I still go back to... It, it's very hard for 60-some years to be so controlling and manip- manip- manipulative and wanting to be the center of attention. and. Um, so I do fall back into that, you know. But I find myself more saying... Oh, I didn't mean that. You know, instead of saying you should, I'll say, you know, I was just thinking, you know, or did you think of this? Or, uh, you know, I'd like to do this for you if you'd like me to. Instead of, you know, this is what you should be doing and we're going to do it tomorrow at 7 o'clock. (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, it'll be all done. Like, I thought I was going to come to, to koh and they were just going to say to me, here's the book. And I said, oh, you know, the book, the Koanon book. Uh, you know, and I think, okay, so what page? Okay, what do I do next? You know, take him here, take him there. You know, and then when I started realizing how much of a part I had played in, um, well, just talk about my son. You know, my daughter-in-law just got to the point, just says to him, call your mother because mom is always going to be there. And, of course, being Italian doesn't help because all well, you have to tell me is that you're hurt or you're hungry, you know. <laughs> and, and you know, you get the seven-course meal and, the you know, whatever. but um, And so that's what he'd do, you know. I'd get this call. I remember we got a call one morning. Uh, I think it was last year whatever. It was like 5.30 in the morning, and it was our son. And my husband answered the phone, and he said, well, just a minute. And he wanted to talk to his mother. <coughs> And, you know, he sounds like he's dying. I mean, how can you not go if you hear your kid dying, you know? And so I said, I said, where's Leah? And uh, she went to work. I said, did she know that you were sick? Yeah. And I thought, oh. I said, did you drink last night? I only had a beer. Okay. He said, Mom, I'm really hurting. I don't know what I'm going to do. So, you know, here's my whole life now. I have a job. I have things to do, but no, I just stop everything. I throw on, I don't know what I threw on, uh, wash my face, brush my teeth, I'm out the door, and then he doesn't answer the phone. So now for sure I think, you know, I'm going to have to get the manager and he's dead. You know, and even if it's like two seconds of that stress and that fear and that worry and that picture, and I have probably without the drama, I have the most vivid imagination. You know, so... You know, then he answers, you know, then he answers the door and he says, I was in the bathroom. And I thought, you know, how long were you in the bathroom? You know, couldn't you just, and you know, so I proceed to take him to, you know, I said, are you that bitch? Should I call 911? No. So we get in there and then of course we get in the car and I start the questioning. You know, how much did you, you know, mom, you know what? I don't need this right now. I don't need this right now. So why don't you just drop me off and don't come in? And, God, how could I do that? You know, you just keep talking to yourself. This is my kid. And then I'm thinking, this is a man that has a wife. And his mother, you know, this would go through my head. And then, you know, we'd go in and he just um, had this horrible pain. So that they shoot him up with something for his pain. And he's shaken because he's anxious. So they give him something else. And, you know, two minutes later, he's out. He's out, and it's the most its this calm, like he's on a beach, and he's in whatever. And I look down, and I have not even matching clothes. I'm starving. I haven't had my coffee. I hate the mornings, okay? I don't like you to even talk to me. Just let me go. And I'm thinking, you know, this is crazy. So I went to the nurse, and I said, how long is it going to be before we get this back? She could, You know, about whatever. And I said, okay. So I went down and had a nice breakfast. You know, we come back, and he's smiling, and we get in the car, and he goes, Mom, I've got to stop at Walgreens. I've got to get my prescriptions. And stupid me stops at Walgreens, and we sit out on the bench like Forrest Gump and his chocolates. And, you know, and we're sitting there waiting for my son to get his legal drugs, you know, his pain pills and and I'm an intelligent woman, and I would like know that, and yet I would just keep doing it and doing it, doing it because this is my kid, and I have to take care of him, and maybe you know someday um he's gonna understand and and it's very painful, it's very painful when you love somebody and see and that they don't see um but then you you know when I came to Cohenan and I started seeing all this um like I said, it was very freeing. Um, I can say no now. Um, we can be there i 'm real i 'm still working on it, but you know i don 't know um, I have some of my family here i 'm hoping that when you come to the house now it 's not as my table 's still set i know but um, that it 's not as you know ugly, and you know what when you leave i am i 've had such a happy time and i 'm really got into me and I discovered myself and I'm starting to like life again and um, it's really hard to detach with love because you know this is my child you know no matter how old they're going to be um, and any of you have ever had you know that you know you never could imagine that you could love an individual as much as you do your child. And um, so it's very difficult to 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 to, to sit back and and um, let them be and know that it's none of my business. But it is a family disease. It affects every one of us in our family, whether we're addicts or not. And all I can say is that Cohenon was a, just a group of people. I'm just looking at those two ladies right there and. And where's my Jessica? Jessica and you know, I just feel so a part, you know, of this group and, and want so much to share and, and give and and bring other people in and um because on is no matter what you do in life, even if if you don't have Uh, Even if you're just in relationships, this is just a very healthy way to live. And um, it helps save your life. Because I really didn't know what I was going to do. I just, like, almost wanted to run away, which is, you know, something that I could do. But um, what's helped a lot is getting out the paper and the pen and just writing down everything that I do have that I'm grateful for. And... I learned in Al-Anon that if I can see the people in my family as sick, that I'll treat them differently. You know, it's the pat on the back or the shoulder or the just the silent prayer for them because they're sick. We're all sick. I'm sick, you know. Um, so we have that commonality, I guess. I don't know. So koh has has... Um, really helped. I'm I'm out there. I'm ready to share. I'm ready to you know, go to families and, and talk at meetings and, and whatever and and hope that somebody will it's like I, I said the other night, you know I get these fears I and mean, then when you find out what your core fear is I mean, that scared the hell out of me more and more and more and I said, oh geez, you know what am I really afraid of? You know, that's scary if you're afraid of You know, being alone or um, not being liked or, you know, whatever. And, you know, I I went through years of feeling that I had to buy, you know, I had to buy a better gift because then you'd like me more. How sick, you know. um, I mean, I'm Italian, so I'll never come to your house without anything. But it doesn't have to be the $30 bottle of wine. You know, it can be a bottle of I'm saying the wrong thing to the wrong group. It could be a seven. It could be a seven up, or a chocolate-covered cherry. But um, you know, I, I, I'm not. I, I'm not ready to give up my culture. I mean, my my roots, because I just love being Italian. I really do. So, but uh, I, I just want to say publicly to all of you that are part of my home group. Um, Thank you from the bottom of my heart and uh, for my family that's been patient, and I love you all very much. Don't change. Thank you.
2: Thanks. Pat. Hi, everybody. I'm Maggie. Hi, Maggie. So I'm the wife, the spouse. Man. <laughs> mm, so, so when I um, when I came into uh, this group, uh, it's been almost a year. August a year ago. Um, where was I? I was at a point of complete desperation. I had gone to Al-Anon meetings over the last year or so um, because um, you know I've I've dealt with addiction. Throughout my marriage, um, I didn't realize that's what it was. But now looking back, that's what it was. But uh, over the last two 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 and a half years or so, it had just uh, just torn this family apart more so than before. and Or it just, it just torn us apart. And I'd gone to a few Al-Anon meetings and had kind of similar experiences. It was, um, you know, I felt good while I was there, that hour I was there. But I just never really clicked. I never did the steps. I, I just kind of went. And... Um, and then um, my husband was at probably his fourth or fifth stint at rehab, um, or a, you know, for the fifth relapse. And a counselor at uh, Tempe Valley Hopes uh, suggested that I go to this meeting, this Thursday night meeting. And I did. And, and, um, and this is when he was in, actually going through rehab. And I, um, I was completely and utterly just lost. I didn't know what to do. Um, I didn't want to live. I didn't really want to die. I didn't know how to die. Um, I um, I was completely obsessed of where he was, um, what he was doing, if he was okay. I couldn't focus on work. Um, um, I was just a mess. I, I don't even, re- you know, it's kind of weird to look back. I don't remember how bad it was. It's, been, it's kind of nice. I try to think about, about that before this before we got together here tonight, and and a lot of these feelings are kind of gone, and it 's a nice thing uh, because I just remember being just extremely desperate, just desperate I had nowhere else to go i didn 't have anybody in my life that I could talk about this. I had people I worked with and and, and, and family and friends, but nobody really that I could talk to about this I, I, I probably couldn 't even explain what I was going through. It was just so weird. Here I am like a grown woman. I have two grown kids that are living at home, and I'm like, I don't know what is going on in me. So um, so when I walked in there, I just needed something. I knew that I needed to do something or I was going to you know, drive my car off the road. And, um, and I look at myself here almost a year later talking to you, this is uh, truly a miracle. And these tissues are for me because i 'm kind of a cryer, so sorry <laughs> we 'll see um, you know um, i 've been married for over thirty years, and um, uh, addiction has been you know in my life since I was nineteen that 's when I got married i am you know I, I was I was pretty much raised uh, with parents that you know we didn 't have alcoholism or anything like that in our family. We have one crazy uncle like everybody does, but other than that. Uh, but you know, I was married at a very young age, so you know I look back and basically I build my life you know we build our life around each other you know i i was I was married young we were both really young and uh and um i I can recollect as far back as being newlyweds where things would happen, like walking home by myself at night three miles because my husband would didn 't want to stop partying. Right, and I wanted to go home, so I, I guess I thought it was okay that I would do that. I would walk three miles alone and home, and then the next day, you know, I would push the buttons. I would try to manipulate a fight or something to have some sort of drama around this, so we could then make up. And and so, you know, we would make up and and uh, we would move on until the next episode. And and that happened a lot. And I guess I didn't really see that during that time, but that's what was going on. You know, he would usually do something. You know, that had to do with drinking, and that um, was out of control. And then I would do something to, to create some sort of drama in, you know, with the two of us. So we, um, I don't know what, why I did that because I was crazy, I guess. I don't know why I did that, but that's what I did. And part of it was being young and immature, and not really know how to deal with that stuff. And and you know, my parents have been married my whole life, so you know you stay with the person that you're with that's how i was raised and so you just deal with the things as as they come along you know i um th- throughout the, the first 15 years or so um you know things weren't always things weren't horrible it wasn't like there was constant uh, craziness or hard drugs or whatever it was just but there was there were signs that things just weren't quite right. I just didn't see them. Um, I mean, when I had, uh, when we were in our 20s, was probably the first major roller coaster hump um, where, um, you know, um, crystal meth was introduced, and I didn't even know what that was, but it was introduced during that time, and I was pregnant with our uh, second daughter, and, um, and I remember, um, you know, I, I, I don't remember enjoying her birth or being around her when she was born, or even my two-year-old at the time. You know, I was so consumed in in his in him that I I couldn't even enjoy this great happy moment in my life. I don't recall I recall having um, I mean really playing with her or both of them or or you know spending time with them like like you, should, you would with, with a newborn and a two-year-old. Um, so that's what what I did. You know, talk about not knowing happiness, I was, I didn't know how to just enjoy and being who I was without him somehow being a part of it. You know, I didn't know how to be okay unless he was okay or around. And, um, and so, you know, there was probably many stories like that throughout our marriage, you know, where, um, where things would happen and I would react and I, you know, I pretty much stopped living my life because I needed to focus on his. And um, I think that during that time, I just lost sight of who I was. You know, I, I probably lost sight. I, I know I did. I lost sight of who I would be if I wasn't in this relationship. And these are things, this this is my choice. These are the things that I did. You know, I was so into his business and making sure that that he did the things or I, that I felt he needed to do. And not just him. I was... The same with my children. I was the type of person that, you know, I loved having parties at my house, but I would drive everybody just crazy. It was never quite, you know, it had to be right. You know, everybody had to do a certain thing. And, and I look back at that, and that truly is part of my disease, the, the trying to control something as simple as, like, using, you're going to use this chip bowl, not this one, because it looks nicer. Um, or, you know, that's what I did. I mean, that, that's how I was. You know, I could not even enjoy, and and if you would ask me, I would say, I love having events at my house, but you couldn't tell. Because, you know, uh, my kids, I know they were like, oh, they would roll their eyes if they knew we were having another event in our house at Christmas or whatever, because they knew how I was. And so this is all part of my disease, the the having to be the puppeteer, having to have people do what I need them to do, somehow being in control, having things being perfect. And later on, as I worked the steps, I realized that, that is one of my core fears is to be not to be judged or to be loved and uh, to be perfect you know and, and so there's some stuff from my childhood that that crept up that I learned about, and I would have never ever known about that if I had not gone into these rooms so um, you know two three years ago, where my crazy head took me was to um, you know watch my daughters. You know, what, you know, the, the dad's gone. He's out, and they're watching me, and they're wondering if they're going to lose both parents. Because I was, you know, here I am, almost fi- or 50 years old, 51, out of my mind, right? Couldn't again, couldn't focus on anything. Uh, paid no attention to them. Couldn't focus on work. Um, I would go out looking for him. I would. Um, check to see, you know, where he was by, by the phone, by his phone. I could, I could check and see GPS, <laughs> you know, I could check uh, so <laughs> where his phone was. didn't have that 20 years ago, so 20 years ago I just kind of waited for him to come home. But now I could monitor maybe where he was, and, and it was for the same reason, just to, just to, to make sure he was okay, um, driving around, driving to places, you know, um, where I shouldn't be. Places where, you know, that's, that are dangerous. And pulling my daughters in, going to places that I shouldn't be in. Um, I have, you know, my, uh, my, my, the last time, you know, we usually have this thing where we go and pick, like, when he's out and he comes back, we usually go and pick up the car that he left somewhere, right? And uh, <laughs> my, uh, my, my, my father-in-law, he happened to be here last time, and so um, I was taking my oldest daughter to go pick up his truck at this place that he had stayed. Um, and so, um, you know, my father-in-law asked Athena, my oldest daughter, she said, um, aren't you scared about going to play to, to – weren't you scared? We went and got it and came home. He says, weren't you scared to go there? And he's like, Nah, it was actually one of the nicer places we picked up the truck from. <laughs> and uh, it's funny, <laughs> but it's like um, – it's It's ironic. Because that's what I did. I, I remember driving, um, driving down the wrong side of the road, make tur- uh, you know, turning left on a red light. Bra- so I was breaking the law, endangering my life. I mean, I was doing things that if you were telling me you did that, I would say, "Really? Are you crazy?" And that's exactly what I was doing. That's where this disease had taken me. I did not know how to function. So. What, what is it for me like now? It is, it's still, I, I still have pain, and I'm, I still get frightened, but it doesn't last as long. I, um, I've i learned to pray, and I've learned to pray for guidance and the willingness to be open, not the laundry list that I used to make. Dear God, please have me stay sober, I want a bigger house, I need this, and give me, you know, whatever. That was my thing. You know, this is what I wanted, and if I didn't get that, then there was no God. So I've learned that I'm not alone in this. Um, I um, I have the tools and I have the support that I need to make it through any situation. Um, the last relapse, I was out of town, and... And it was so different than it was the times before. The times before, I would have just been on my own in a hotel room, nowhere to call, just going crazy. And um, you know, this time, I, I knew who to call. Uh, within a few minutes, I had people texting and calling me. And, and even more importantly than that, I was, I was able to sit in a car and pray to have this obsession get out of my, you know, out of my body and out of my mind. To be able to focus in the moment, and go in and and do my job, which was to train this person that I, had, you know, flown 2,000 miles to train instead of completely, you know, being off my rocker, and I, I couldn't do that before. So t- that might not sound like a big deal, but for me that's a big deal. Being able to make it through a day, you know, it, being able to make it through five minutes sometimes is a big deal. And I, I found myself being able to make it through five minutes, and then I have to pray again, and then all of a sudden. You know the half of the day would be gone, and I didn't think about it. And then the afternoon would be gone. I didn't think about it. And that's a big, big thing for me. Um, and then I have found not only that not only can I survive the pain or walk through the pain, because the pain will not go away. Someone told me that the pain doesn't go away, and I thought, wow, okay, you know, because for some reason I thought the pain was going to go away. I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but. <laughs> But, uh, and I'm thinking, oh my God, the pain's never going to go away. That's what I was thinking. Oh, I'm doomed. And then when I finally heard, the pain's not going to go away, but it's okay. You can deal with that. It. It's it's okay to feel pain as long as it doesn't define who I am. I can deal with the pain. And um, I have, um, I have, I'm building a great relationship with my higher power. I it kind of changes, you know. I don't know that I've defined. Who he is, but I know uh, that he's there. Um, I'm learning to not keep him on a shelf and to bring him to have him with me, and in uh, uh, it, it works out uh, usually to my advantage if I have him right next to me with his arm around my shoulder and his other and his one hand across my mouth. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
2: as my sponsor once mentioned to me, which is a great, great piece of advice. Um, it um, this you know I know it sounds dramatic but you know my life was flipping dramatic it was life or, life or death and and um, and it's a big deal what it's done for me big deal and and um, you know my daughters are they're struggling you know my oldest especially she struggles she doesn't really want a part of this she you know she's she has her own way of dealing with it but I think they're watching and I think they're learning. Um, my, I, I, my youngest. She, um, you know, I, I saw a Facebook post the other day that she was, um, um, she was kind of going back and forth with a friend of hers on Facebook, and um, that's how I keep track of my kids, by the way, is Facebook. <laughs> the, she was telling this person. She goes, you know, my mom once told me that, you know, you know, if I'm like resentful towards somebody, that it might be because I'm fearful or something like that. And I would have never been able to give her anything like that a year ago. Never. So she, they're watching. And that's a, a miracle, too. So um, the promises are are unfolding themselves. And I'm excited. You know, even when I have a hard week, I am so excited to see where it's going to take, take me next. And... Um, I, I agree with both of them. This group has been a great support, uh, a great strength for me. Um, I, I never thought, and you don't. Know, people that know me from the old days, you know, I never shared anything with anybody. You know, I don't. Want, I didn't want anybody to know what was going on outside my house. You know, I don't care if it was a good thing. I was just like, and I was. I thought, well, I'm just a private person, you no. Know? But I found that. Um, that's probably not really what it was. And um, to be able to tell you guys anything, I never, a year ago I never thought that would be possible, that I could actually open my mouth and share these things that are so heavy on my heart. It's, I never thought it would happen, ever. And it is so liberating to be able to do that. And I don't care what people think. You know, even at, even at work where I keep things, you know I, I don't, you know, I don't talk about these things at work. But if somebody were to ask me, I would have no problem. And, peop, and people have asked me. And I will share that with them. And I don't, it's, it's okay. It, it brings me joy to my heart instead of fear, which it used to. Like, oh, God, God forbid, you know, somebody would find out about anything. So, um, uh, bless you all. I'm, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful without
1: pass. Thanks. 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 Thanks.